You survived Hurricane Ian and Mercury retrograde. Time to treat yourself to some fashion, feuds, and gossip. First thing we want to know is, will Balenciaga be selling their fashion show mud by the ounce or the kilo? And as long as it's fashion, someone is buying. And there was plenty of mudslinging on Beverly Hills this week, both on screen and on social media. We have opinions and we have insider info. So sit back, relax, and let the dulcet tones of Jordan's Valley vocal fry be your natural Xanax. It's time for some Pretty Corrupt podcasts. Happy out of Mercury retrograde, everybody. I don't know. I don't know if it has been pretty minute. This has been a rough one for me. Like, in all honesty, like, shit has gone wrong. So many things. Like, people from my past have come back. And luckily, not no exes. That's good. But, like, old bosses, people I used to work with, like, they've come up. I've ended up going back to play, like, just happened to be by someplace that I worked or someplace. Like, it's just weird. Things have been breaking like crazy, but more, like, at work locations or, like, it's been it's been weird. It's been very weird. How long was Mercury in retrograde? It lasts usually about four weeks, three to four weeks long. The, okay, because when I was at the airport a couple weeks ago, it turns out this old former a coworker from an old job was at luggage. Remember, I was texting mm-hmm. a baggage claim with me. I totally, I mean, totally pretended not to see her and to, you know. But the point is, yeah, I had that happen. I was like, that girl looks familiar. And she was staring right at me. Mm-hmm. So kind of this past week, literally the job that I ended on September 9th, which was like the day of Mercury going retrograde, they came back to me and they're like, hey, we need to bring you back for a few days to work on the job again. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is like, so that's the thing is like, so like, which that was like kind of a good Mercury retrograde Mm, thing, you know, to happen. So I was like, okay. So like sometimes things come back that, you know, weren't supposed to happen or you didn't think would happen. So that's kind of good. So yeah. I feel like it's Mercury's been a retrograde for me for like 30 some odd years. (laughs) I think that is your life. I think you might've been born under a Mercury retrograde. Maybe. They say actually like about more than around a quarter of the population is born with Mercury retrograde because it goes retrograde three to four times a year. I was going to ask coming because it's, it always feels like it's in retrograde. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, so it's the fastest moving planet. And it does it so often. So, yeah. You know how I learned about Mercury in retrograde and how when I know when it happens and when it's over? Nikki Hilton Rothschild's Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) She is like consistent. She lets you know. And I had to Google it. I'm like, ooh, what's this new thing she's into? Here we go. I learned all about it. And today she she tweeted, Mercury Mm -hmm. is out of retrograde. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's still good. Like... But like the day it goes out of retrograde, the day it goes retrograde and the day it goes out of retrograde or basically what it stations, either when it stations retrograde or stations direct can be sometimes the wonkiest days. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was a wonky ass day today. I taught class and two people in my class had issues with um, the the clips where you put your feet into on, on the spin bikes. They both like both broke during the middle of mm. class and like we're having issues. And I just was like, well, this is, yeah. Yes. This is, this is on brand right here. <laughs> that's it. Yep. Uh-huh. That's going to happen. So yeah. 
Well, well, you know, like much like I never know when uh, Mercury's in retrograde and when it's not, because it feels like it always is. Yet the same could be said for Fashion Week. This is true. Because I don't understand that it's always Fashion Week somewhere. Is it? Oh, it's like feels like New York, Milan, and and Paris just rotate and it's year round. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. The shows used to be like it used to be a short thing. Now they do it. It's almost like a consistent tour. It seems, yeah. yeah. It like it never ends. Well, also like you have the main spring and spring and and fall shows, the main mm. ones. But then there's also Paris Haute Couture, which is a different time as well. And then you've got London. And then you've got, and then you've got Miami and LA. Which, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, and we live in LA, so it's like, we're still like no, no, no. Things no, no, no. like the yeah. the only ones that really count are New York, Paris, and Milan. And I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but New York is becoming less and less relevant. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say because if you look, especially at Paris shows over the last decade, they are amazing. They put on a show. The French are like, they they were like, look, we got fucked by the Americans and, and Halston back in Versailles, like the Battle of Versailles, you know, so many years ago. And we're, we're coming back now. Milan is great too. It's like kind of like old school. And basically the biggest crazy one is always going to be Versace. And, but when you want to talk about drama and really having an experience, all of those Paris shows, like they need to get rid of the goddamn tent at Bryant Park and just let these designers do them wherever they want to in New York and do it again, make it a scene. Got to make New York a scene again. You know who walked in Versace? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. She closed the show. Always comes back. I can make almost any topic about there. No, but yeah, no, she did. That was pretty sick. And Versace trades and things like pop culture, iconography. So for her to close the show, I mean, she was... She was just with Donatella at Britney Spears' wedding. Mm-hmm. They were one of the handful of selected guests. So that's pretty sick. Yeah, nice. It was it was great. I like I liked seeing that. I like I was like a good Versace show. Versace, <laughs> I love it. I, I love a good mud show. That's my new thing. Just you know, runway shows in mud. Balenciaga mud. Balenciaga, the the best. Is it's there any no other, any other kind. It, it's Yeezy. It's mud by. I don't know how it would be for Yeezy by mud. Mud. Mud well, by the, Yeezy. Mud I guess the, Yeezy. the official name of the show. This was at Paris. Was a Balenciaga's apocalyptic mud-filled spring summer 2023. Kind of a mouthful. Mm. And evidently, it was the first time Kanye himself has like as, has walked the runway as a model. Mm. Like he's he's walked the end of his shows before, like just you know at the end. But this time he actually walked at well stomped. I don't know if you saw the video of it. He like just because it was in mud. He just made a point to stomp like a little child. Mm. Everything he does is like a child. Well, he uh, yeah yeah it is. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his tantrums could put a toddler on Adderall to shame. I mean, it's just. He um did you see what North like North was in Paris this week? She was technically with Kim, not Kanye, but uh she showed up to one of the not the shows to her hotel wearing a full-on face leather mask hood, like that shit that Kanye's been wearing lately. Mm-hmm. Like North was wearing it, which I mean what how old North now? Like eight, 
it just it's unsettling to see like an eight-year-old kid wearing like a gimp mask from pulp fiction it's weird and and the fact that she wasn't even with kanye she was with kim which is even stranger mm. like because i don't know if you remember it the the not this year's um uh met gala but last year's 2021 mm-hmm. when kim showed up kim didn't wear that at the event but she showed up to the event before she changed in a full head-to-toe gimp outfit yeah like straight up bdsm oh like was zipper, that like yeah. the zipper mouth like uh-huh. it it was weird as shit it's very weird and, and then she's now their eight-year-old daughter's doing it it was last year when she wore that elmo outfit no, last year she was like dressed like a shadow like it was it, it was, was like weird... elmo blue right and it just covered her unless i'm thinking That's i'm thinking of the oscars vanity fair party this yeah. year mm. my mistake yeah <laughs> it's grover it's grover blue <laughs> yeah or yeah. cookie monster blue actually, actually yeah, maybe i'm monster thinking blue. a cookie monster yeah it was odd grover's to look back a, at the grover's tweet. a darker blue he's more of a na- he's closer to a navy royal blue mm-hmm. where whereas like Cookie Monster is a lighter, still a deep blue, but still a little lighter. Like a primary blue. Yeah. Like a like a if you pick the kid's crayon and it said blue, it would be like that blue. Mm-hmm. Now that is a Paris uh, Fashion Week show I would go see. Sesame Street. That line. <laughs> the, the Sesame Street Spring Summer 2023 show. I would see that. But it's I, also like BDSM gear. It's mm-hmm. it's just like you know. Yeah. I a had naughty a naughty big bird. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a hat in the late nineties, early two thousands that was pretty on brand for that time period. And everybody joked that it was made from Muppet fur and it kind of looked like it, but it was, it was like a, I don't know. It was kind of like a dark purple, almost black, but still like slightly purple. Mm-hmm. And it just was like, yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of like Grover, like Muppet fur <laughs> looking. And, but it was, it was warm and it was comfy. I really like that hat. It was slightly bucket hat ish, but like, but almost like a smaller Jamiroquai hat. I was just going to say, I'm like picturing. Like Kangol style? Uh, yeah, I'm picturing yeah. the Jamiroquai hat. As soon as you said that, I'm like, <laughs> oh, which is a very dated reference. I'm not even sure how many people remember Jamiroquai. They'd probably know a song or two. I only know I one and I can't it. even name Virtual it. Virtual insanity. Is that the yeah. one? I know the video he's dancing, he's and he's dancing like in the room. And, yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah. Which strangely enough, the uh the room was moving, not the floor. He was moving in such a way that it made like the made it look like the floor was moving, but it was actually the walls were moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Very talented. I miss my you. my favorite one is Can't Heat, of course. Because... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, hell, if uh, Center Stage, the greatest ba- the greatest movie of all time. The I, greatest I, I, dance movie. I was ever. gonna say dance or ballet movie, but then I corrected myself and just greatest movie. Uh that soundtrack slaps and has like four Jamiroquai songs on it. Four Jamiroquai songs, I can't Mandy can't Moore heat. songs. I can't hear Can't Heat, and I can't hear Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel without thinking of that, thinking yep. of that movie. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what, else, what else was really big from, well, did, what, else, oh. what else happened in Fashion Week? Uh, Bella Hadid. Still do not know how that works. Yeah. It's like yeah. magic, her spray-on dress. Yeah. Yeah, that was at the the Caperni show. Yeah, I, she came, she came out topless, but with the underwear, but topless, holding her breast, mm-hmm. and she comes out, and then like four guys with these magic um, sprayers, gun, spray guns, come out, and th- she was coated with three layers. It, the first layer was latex, then two layers of paint, 
but one they were and then she raised their arms and when it was once it was done she was wearing a fucking dress yeah then the woman a- comes out and she kind of rolls down the shoulders i don't know how they got the actual shoulder straps exactly because i didn't see that part or whatever but because i was watching it on george Hans' yeah. uh instagram i watched it like a hundred times 60 out of awe and 40 out of hate because of <laughs> yeah. her fucking body. I'm yeah, so, I'm, I was jealous of it. I'm jealous of it. Well, she's probably just been eating four almonds for about, Two you know, almonds. four weeks. Two almonds. Two almonds. Chew them very slowly. Yeah. You'll, uh, for at least the last diet. four weeks. She was on four almonds for, for eight weeks before that. And then she went down to two almonds. Maybe the master cleanse too, Yola. Basically, lemon, lemon water, and almonds. The you, she's her mother's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and Gigi looks good. Yeah, Gigi's there too. Gigi, but, evidently, she's you know she's fucking Leo over there, over which is amazing, as as one does. But we're all surprised because he because she's too old for him. She's twenty seven, and the uh, his the uh, Camilla Maroney. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. The one he just broke up with. He'd been dating for four years, but she's twenty five now. So you mm-hmm. know you can do some easy math there about when, how old she was when they started. And yeah, Gigi's twenty seven, which I think would put her. You know, the, people love to throw up that bar graph of all his his girlfriends over the years. It's an, it's astonishing. The, mm-hmm. the you know, um, I think twenty seven will be the oldest starting date. But obviously, she's also one of the most. I guess Giselle was probably really well known at the yeah. time, although she was only nineteen, so maybe she wasn't as big as she became. She um, was big really fast, though. Yeah, like but, but she like, just yeah. she broke out the fashion scene, especially of all the Brazilian models too. She just like went boom. But yeah, someone but, yeah. tweeted that um, whoever the girl is, whoever the girl is that Leonardo DiCaprio will be dumping when he's seventy-two was just born this year. Oh my god! <laughs> Do the Yikes. math. Yikes. Like yeah. he was, he was just doing Leonardo DiCaprio things. Like she, she was staying at the Royal Monceau hotel and um, she was photographed going into her hotel earlier in the evening. And she was all super happy to see the paparazzi, which is very unusual. Like she was waving mm-hmm. and smiling. He, Leo did his thing. Like where he, he, they walked in separately, he had his hat pulled down. He left her hotel room or her hotel, not maybe not her hotel room, left her hotel at 1am, went to a club, spent a half hour at the club. Like, I, I, that's just such a celebrity thing to do, to roll into a club, stay for an hour, and then roll out. Like, well, why? Why? And then he went to his own room. But, I mean, that's, you leave Gigi Adid's hotel, you go to a club, and, it, I mean, that's just Leo doing Leo things. She had to put the, her baby to bed. Oh, I forgot she had a baby. I know. Totally forgot about that. I will say this, and, and this might be controversial, but I would take Leo over Zane any day. I don't think that's controversial, is it? Well... There's a certain subset, I suppose, the directioners. Although, I mean, as a, as a directioner myself, he's he's the fifth one. Like, he's, he, I mean, he's he, the he, filth one. Let's yeah, it's not even the fact that he left the band early, which, frankly, the band got better. That's called mm-hmm. trimming the party fat when the uh, when the the experience increases after somebody leaves. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, it, I'd take Leo over him any day. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would take. I would take a short term romance with Leo over anything with Zane. Well, everything with Leo is going to be short term. 
100%. That's why I never learn his girlfriend's names. I don't care. Like, they're gone too fast. They're too young. They don't have enough. Like, Gigi's really the... I've totally forgot he dated Giselle, in all honesty. Yeah. Because it really... Because she she was famous, but then she became Giselle yeah, during yeah. and then after. The, she, she's point, pretty much... The, she, Gigi's pretty much already super famous. Yeah. At that point, like, too, it would have been more age-appropriate, so less yeah. notable. Yeah, yeah. He was, she was 18 or 19, but he was also in his 20s. So it wasn't... Yeah. It yeah. wasn't and then I don't... I, I my Most of my knowledge of Bar Raffaele is from being with him. So I don't know how big, a, how big a model she is. Like, she, I, I just don't know. Wasn't I mean, she mostly, like, Victoria's Secret, too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A, lot of his, a lot of his tend to be. He has a type. I don't know what the psychology behind it is, especially with the whole age cap and everything. But he is pushing a point in his life where it's a little sad. Well, I mean, I mean, cheers to... Great for him that he's doing this at any age. I mean, Hugh Hefner did, and we applauded him. But it is kind of like... Reminds me of Shep on Southern Charm this season. Yep. I'm like, you stayed at the party too long. Mm-hmm. You're that old. Like, the girls Leonardo DiCaprio dates now, they didn't see him in his teen heartthrob years. Yeah. They see him as... I don't even know if they were born for Titanic. No, no, Titanic was what, 95? Yeah. 99. 90, no, it was no. 90, no, it was 95. 97. Uh, could, that could be. That could, I think it was like, yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think it was like 97. I think you're, yeah, the, because my 90, uh, class of 98, what up? Uh, my senior prom was Titanic theme, which I feel mm-hmm. like just about every high school senior prom in the country was, which is a weird theme for a party. Uh, it's like it, it's it's up there with people who throw Great Gatsby parties because I feel like they've never read Great Gatsby. Yeah, you throw a Gatsby party you have, unless you're doing it very ironically. Yeah, do not throw a Gatsby party. <laughs> yes, it is 1997. Okay, because yeah. I remember already being here and hearing about it being filmed down at Rosarito Beach. Mm. And what a bit like how many people from LA were down there working mm-hmm. on it? Yeah, how 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 it just like took over Rosarito? So I don't know. But yeah, but also like, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say about Leo. That doesn't yeah. really matter. It's probably all already been said. Well, before. he's, and I, you know, I, I don't know if he's actually mirror trying to mirror the career, but he, he is very much, his career and love life are very Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Jack Nicholson, uh, you know, although Jack Nicholson aged, dated more age appropriate. I mean, he was with Angelica Houston for like 20 years. But he did in his fifties and sixties did date really really young women. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and and their 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 film careers are kind of mirror each other as well. So maybe that's what he's hell. Uh, Al Pacino right now is dating a twenty year old. Al Pacino is eighty. Yeah, is like that's beyond grandfather. That's that's inching into great grandfather territory. Yeah, this is what um, Viagra has done yeah. to old men. It's given them confidence that they shouldn't have. Well, you're Al Pacino, though. You you don't you already have right. Confidence. But Al Pacino still he's had confidence yeah. since his since his early twenties. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, like when you get to be eighty, like you can be confident in the career that you've had, and he's still a really good actor, and he still can get jobs. Like not as many, but he he could st- like honestly, that man can still win an Oscar. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he'll get cast in something and he'll win an Oscar again. So take away the man's Viagra. I'm sorry. He's just going to die of a heart attack in the middle of doing it. That's what's going to happen. I'm just awesome. saying. Yeah. Like, what's he really giving these women? 
What is he really giving Money? Me? I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully some yeah. good jewelry. Because so he's probably not that's, making them come. To it always comes back you. to jewelry. It always comes back to two things for Jordan. Jewelry and Nikki Hilton Rothschild. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a combination of the both. <laughs> well, jewelry, I'm saying as a gift, because what, he buys them clothes? Clothes, like, at least jewelry is a, like a tangible asset that they could take with them and sell when things go south. I'm practical. <laughs> but actually, like, I would like to talk to maybe some of Al Pacino's exes. Like, does he give them jewelry? Because some men don't. You but know? if you become one of Al Pacino's exes, I don't think you'll have to the, date him first. He doesn't really have a reputation as, as a womanizer who like, you know, is all with all these women all the time. Like he was with Beverly D'Angelo for decades. Yeah. So he doesn't really have that reputation. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I just know it's, it's shock. It's startling. It's jarring. When you see um, Al Pacino dates 20 year old, that is just, uh, that is a headline. That I want to get that visual or I'm not like I want to <laughs> no. see, but I mean, I need to Google that is, this. That is a very niche porn that you're talking. Yeah. About. Yeah. No, but I'm just curious. <laughs> now we know what Jordan likes. Jordan's kink is old man porn. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is not surprising. <laughs> Wait, let me see this. Let me see this oh giant gosh. bundle of grandfather issues that he's dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I get... Good for I, him. I guess, like, also, I'm just kind of like... I, I don't know. I, I just, like, really... Like, I would be fine if he was dating, like, I guess, like, a 45 or a 50-year-old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, a 20-year-old? Like, that's... That's not even that could be your great granddaughter, yeah. dude. Not even your granddaughter, your great granddaughter. Like what all the shit that that Leo and deservedly so Leo gets for dating women in the early 20s, he's still only in his 40s. He's not, I mean, he's that's old to be dating a 20-year-old, but he's not 80. Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Like it's it's just like I think that's what I'm thinking of is like, as you move up, at least like if you're used, if you like dating women who are 20 years younger than you for whatever reason, whatever psychological reasons you got going on in your head there that you need to date, you know, people, whatever, I'm not going to go into it, but like, I feel like that should just age up with you in some ways. So it's like, so if he was dating, a, so if Al Pacino was dating a, a 50 year old, fine, whatever. Okay. I get that. I think the rule for age appropriate that I've been told is the minimum is half your age plus seven. Plus, yeah, well, I've always heard that. So this would be forty-seven. Who, I think. who came up with that math? I, I've I've heard that as well for for a long time. That it's just a weird number. He went for a fourth of his age plus nothing. She's twenty-five percent. Yeah, he is. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that. When you're dating, when there's that big of an age difference, you're dating somebody that old. If if it is if it does get serious, or for most of the time, he's dating for arm candy, and you know, and for his ego, and she is dating for money. Mm. Like, let's not like. She oh could, yeah, she could care about him, but she's dating for money. But the thing is, though, and if it's if like he, Hugh Hefner and Holly, yeah. Madison. If he already has kids, though, and you want kids out of this guy, and maybe you get some out of him, you're the low on the totem pole because you're one of the last ones there, usually. That's why she needs the kid. 
Yeah. That way, she'll, that way his estate will be paying her long after he's... Just I mean, maybe he'll how. live to 98 or 99, but you know. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. Does Al Pacino have kids? I don't even know. I don't know, I don't know if know he's had kids. I know he's never been married. I I think he might have kids with everybody. I feel like he has kids. I know he has a child with... Beverly D'Angelo, because okay. uh, my friend worked for her briefly. And she lived in an amazing house here, I think in like Los Feliz or something. And it's like, wow, those... Um, vacation movies? Yeah, it's like, wow, those vacation movies are really paying. Like she lives like large. And then um, my friend was like, well, she has a kid with Al Pacino. And I was it. like, oh, do that it. kicks in. Yeah. Uh, Al Pacino overhears this. Not that I wanted to date him, but he probably still won't like me, so that's okay. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't like a lot of people. He just yeah. seems like a curmudgeon. He's been a curmudgeon since he was, came out of the womb, probably. Yeah, it, it seems that way. He's just an angry way. Italian. <laughs> like, you, uh, By the way, Pacino has three. I just looked it up. Okay. 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 But, you know, speaking of curmudgeons in Hollywood, someone else didn't do well this week. Your favorite person. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy Eichner's bros has been declared a flop in the press. It costs 22 mil to make. It's opening weekend, only 4.8 mil. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I like it. He's, he's, he's certainly an acquired taste. Yeah, and I, I haven't acquired like, it. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, well, clearly a lot yeah. of people have not. Um, I, oh, I, you know, I, I remember when Billy on the street first started, like on the fuse network, I think it was one of those, Something like, like that. Yeah. Lower, it was one of those channels most people have never heard of. And I found, I think he's funny. I mean, it's a lot. It's abrasive. He's sure. yeah. Abrasive is always like, I think he's funny. I want, what was that show? Difficult people. Difficult people. I yeah, watched it. People. I like the concept. I, wa- I watched the whole series, but I do find him abrasive. Um, a bit much, and that's his. Like he was even on. Uh, if you watch Parks and Rec, he was on the last season of Parks and Rec, basically yeah. playing Billy Eichner, like a character who just starts yelling at the at the just yeah. like a switch. And it, it's it's mm-hmm. a th- it's his thing. It's a char- I mean, it's a character choice, definitely. I mean, it, I think he can probably be a bit of a curmudgeon. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a, he's a grumpy New Yorker, so yeah. it's like. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't particularly love Billy on the street because he was so loud and like yelling at people it kind of was a little later. I was like, Oh, I kind of get it. Yeah. I get it. Took me you a little need, bit it, for what he was doing. He needed to have that person. Like it wouldn't have been as funny if he was just like a even, you know, even keeled, yeah. but like, you know, it, it, he's not playing that character in bros. Right. Like he's, you know, it's not, he's not doing that bit. Mm-hmm. And but, I really, and I like difficult people too. Like yeah. I watched that and I was like, I like, I like this character. It's an unlikable character, but I like this one mm-hmm. better. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I mean, I'm, I feel, I know why they are like declaring it a flop right away because of those numbers. At the same time, like, like, can we, just give it a little bit more of a chance, but they don't in Hollywood nowadays. Yeah. And I think it is a sign of, in my opinion, the death of the rom-com on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Like, A, it's hard for any movie that is not a Marvel, DC, Disney, big picture to make it 
to make a lot of money. It ha- and it also has to be, because I know this from my friends who are independent filmmakers, you have to be able to sell a movie overseas. It's really mm-hmm. hard to get it made. And what comes with like being able to sell it overseas, especially with one of the main markets being China, it's got to be full of a lot of white people, straight white people. And it's got to, you know, it can't be controversial at all. Yeah. Unfortunately, bros is none of those things. Yeah. I mean, it does have a lot, it does have a lot of white people, but they're yeah. not straight and it's not non-controversial in the fact that it is a it's about gay romance, which I think is great. I think we need more movies like that. I think it's wonderful that it got out on the big screen. I enjoyed Fire Island on Hulu immensely. I thought that was great. And it, it, no, luckily, nobody gave it away. Although, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know this, if you haven't seen Fire Island and you are going to watch it, just skip over the next, hit that 15-second button. Um, but I love the fact that it is a kind of redo of Pride and Prejudice. I was like, I didn't realize that. I was like, this is great. So if you love Pride and Prejudice, you'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I just, I feel bad. I feel bad for him. He really, Billy really put like his heart and soul and was like really pushing it. I think that's, the studio put a lot of marketing yeah. money out there too. Yeah, and, it, and it's a Judd Apatow. Which yes. That's, that's the big, part that yeah. gets me. Because my thing is, um, Billy Eichner isn't a huge draw. I mean, he he has a big following. It's niche. He's very niche. He's not easy to digest. Um, so it's not like people are like, why weren't, it's not like, why weren't they flooding? Like, he's not Brad Pitt or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a frothy rom-com. I mean, it really could have been done streaming or on TV. I don't think the movie itself was, except for the setting or, you know, the context of it, that it's a gay relationship. It's a rom-com. It's yeah. like, so... But Judd Apatow's major, and yeah. he never has. I mean, maybe I don't. Maybe I can't think of his entire. He's, this is this is forty was a flop. He's been on okay. a bit of a cooler lately. Like he 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 had that run in like the late two late aughts when he was everything was gold. But he's he's had oh, a few yeah. things. Lately. I've seen I've seen um, knocked up. Yeah, honestly, not an exaggeration. Probably like twenty times. Just because it's always on. It, there was yeah. a time in my life it was all. I saw it in theater. And it was just always on. It was like it's always on E. Yeah, yeah it was always. They, they, it was they featured I mean, E. Featured E. Like I was. I my office was near that. Like where like her office in the movie was like right one level below mine. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, it, it's weird. Like you said with rom coms, um, how they don't do well in the theater. Uh, I was looking at the list of the ten most successful rom coms by box office of all time. Only two are in the last 15 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of those was Crazy Rich Asians, which that had a huge worldwide appeal just that because of the diversity of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was kind of shocked me was The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. That's the number seven rom-com of all time. Wow. I'm sorry, number eight. Number eight by... Uh, and so the list, this list though is a little odd because I don't consider some of the movies on it to be rom-coms. Like it lists at number two, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Do we call that a rom-com? I wouldn't call I that a rom-com. I don't think it's, it's a, it's a, it's like an action comedy. It's cinematic history. It's cinematic history. I mean, for it, sure. it, it gave us Brangelina. That's the moment. Bradifer, what was there? Brangelina. Brangelina. No, no, but when Anna's... Braniston, Braniston, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. You get what I mean, though. That's the movie where Brad Pitt and Angelina. If and the you know the list has like uh, Pretty Woman is number five. That one, I, 
I reference um, with, that a with, lot. Um, number three is What Women Want, which we don't talk about anymore because nope. of He Who Shall Not Be Named. Oh, yeah. Um, what were well, the if you had If you had to guess, what do you think the number one romantic comedy of all time? When Harry Met Sally? No. And I will tell you, it may, this doesn't help you in any way. It made $240 million. Which well, is, which is like considering what movies make. I mean, a rom com is not going to make Marvel money. But like Steel Magnolias. No. Yes. Well, no. No. That's <laughs> not. Can, a you, can you tell us like one of the stars of it? Probably uh, Julia Roberts. No, because if I tell you a star, it's going to give it away. Absolutely. You, you away. oh, Sleepless in Seattle. No. You've got mail. Nope. No. Oh. No. It's it's okay. Schindler's <laughs> List. <laughs> yes. You're close. You're not close. No, it's honestly, this is a game you can play for. I don't think it, you'd guess, but it is a movie that I would not, because yeah, you would think Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, like they're the king, mm-hmm. of, you know. Um, okay, it's my big factory wedding. Oh. So like if I would have said John Corbett, you would have been like, I mean, how many movies is John Corbett? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is the highest grossing of all time. Which, oh my gosh. Yeah, but, but that is to say, that was in 2002. Most of these movies. That was a phenomenon. Oh, huge. I mean, back then, too, it was, um, it was not controversial. It was uh, progressive and to feature like that ethnic yeah, thing. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. It was, it was very niche. And there have been successful ones since, like not mm-hmm. of that level. Like another one, uh, do you remember The Big Sick from a few years ago with uh, Kamal yeah. Nanjiani and um, mm-hmm. um, uh, Zoe, Emily, Kazan. Emily, Zoe Kazan played the, the fictional played version wife. of Emily Gordon. That one made $56 million on like a $5 million budget. So that it can be done. But, but that's it, also the difference too. That was a five million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah. there's this like this twenty two. There's this dead zone where studios are not making money. Basically, like if it's if it's less than, I'm probably getting my numbers a little wrong, but I believe if it's less than either fifteen, like let's say around fifteen, because I'm not sure if it's twenty or ten. So let's cut it in the middle. Fifteen million dollars because I was trying to find it on the side and I can't find it. It's less than fifteen million dollars. They'll they might they'll take a chance on it because they'll be able to recoup some of that money on streaming and and they mm-hmm. won't have to spend as much money in marketing things like that. Or it's got to be a hundred million dollars. So it's going to be a big block, a Marvel, DC, or it's going to yeah. be like a Disney animation or a Pixar, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be that type of that big of a movie because the worldwide appeal on that sense. So anything in that mid range, especially twenty two million dollars. They don't really want to do that because it's a gamble and because of the amount of money that they have to spend on marketing and blah, 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 they just don't do. So the fact that they did take this chance on Billy's movie is really great. And I'm very, and that's why I'm sad that it's like not working out because I hate for them to be shown right. But also it's kind of, it's like chicken and the egg, which came first. Like, did we, is it because we as a movie going audience have changed our tastes or did they, did Hollywood and the media change our tastes by bringing up, by bringing streaming into this, by bringing like stuff onto HBO and stuff, you know, how technology, I mean, it kind of, it's all symbiotic. Technology's changed, everything changed. So. Well, like streaming and stuff has, I mean, we're a lazy reclusive society. COVID especially, we weigh, 
going going leaving the house for anything, we weigh the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So now a movie has to be fantastic for us to go yeah. Yeah. to the theater. And a rom-com just is, it's like, eh, it'll be on TV in a month or yeah. it will be on Hulu in a week or... Well, you know, and it's the whole, like, you know, a rom-com used to be like, I mean, I I would, hell, I'd go see them by myself. I love rom-coms. But, you know, it's very much a date movie. And the whole Netflix and chill thing, like, people would rather watch it at home, have a date at home, not, mm-hmm. not go out to a movie theater. It's There are movies like, you know, like Top Gun and Marvel movies that you have, you don't have to, but it's, they're very much improved, not improved, but, you know, you, they're things you should see on the big screen. Yeah, there's experience. Yeah. Experience. That was the word I could not. Think yeah, of. this isn't. This isn't like special effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what you go now. I assumed go to movies where they're the like you said, Top Gun things like that. The AM, the the Nicole Kidman AMC commercial. <laughs> that was, draws you into oh my a god. World. That is so weird. Like I I I go to AMC theaters here, so I, that Nicole Kidman thing pops up every time but it was so jarring because before top gun before met top gun maverick tom cruise does an intro where he's talking on camera thanking people mm. to see the movie so when i saw top top gun at an amc theater it went directly from nicole kidman talking thanking you to see a movie to tom cruise i'm looking at him like this is weird <laughs> this is the first time they've shared the screen in some time and I didn't even register in my head at first i'm like oh nicole kidman tom cruise oh this is weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the the another the and, and I I'm not going to even try to speak for the gay community. In fact, I I think it's kind of insulting a lot of people to say the gay community because it's not a monolith. It's a no. very diverse diverse com- like group of, of of people. But I think a lot of people, from what I've seen on read on Twitter, because you know I'm very very uh, I have my finger on the pulse of Twitter, is that. Billy Billy Eichner was kind of trying to make it seem like he was making the movie for the entire gay, you know, the entire I, I, LGBTQIA. Yes, pretty much. And a lot of people within that were like, "You're not, you don't speak for us. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't say you're making a movie for everybody. That's not that's not for every. Like, that's what made Fire Island so unique and different is that you know it was made by a very specific you know it was made all all queer asian actors directors right like it was made a very you know they knew what they were making they knew who they're making it for mm-hmm. but like billy actors trying because he's the i need to a point i get it he's like well this is the first big budget studio movie we're going to try to make something for everybody and you just can't yeah and then the people who if you're trying to tell somebody you're making it for them they might just be like They'll make them not want to see it. They're like, yeah. no, you're not making this for me. That was my problem with his with the tweets going on because it had a huge push on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, this weekend he was retweeting everyone and people, celebrities, but also like regular people were tweeting encouraging things. They saw it, they bought their tickets. This is so meaningful and funny and wonderful. But um, I was like, then when things started going south and the tone changed to how as a um, the first big budget um, gay rom-com, gay male rom-com, watching it as supporting a cause and this yeah. and that. And it's like, now you turned a fun light movie into homework and yeah. I bet you just lost. Like now people, like, because if you tell me to watch a TV show and you keep bugging me, I'm never going to watch it. It's just a, a lot of people are that oh, way. Stacey I, knows how I am that way. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm the, gonna get the British show that shall not be named. I'm gonna get yeah. around to Fleabag eventually. Yeah, you never will. You I never, will. never, I never will. So, uh, <laughs> so when I'm seeing now, leave my house, drive to a mall, and buy a ticket for this like kind of frothy run-of-the-mill rom-com. So I'm like, eh, no, I'm probably going to see it like nine years from now and be like, oh, it was hilarious. But it's such a it's such an echo chamber that be, well, Twitter is an echo chamber. Depending, you know, unless unless you're following people of extremely different viewpoints that most people don't like if you were just based solely on billy's twitter feed over the last week you'd think this thing was the biggest blockbuster yeah he's, he's retweeting like celebrities that are saying how much they love these retweeting um reviews rotten you know all this stuff so you told me i didn't know you told me today that it was a flop i'm like really because every yeah. if, if you would have had me give you right now, if we had not talked about this, and you had said, guess how much that movie made this weekend. I would have aimed so high because I'm like, oh, I've only heard good things. And then now that I think about it, it's because Billy's just been retweeting everything good. Yeah, not a bad thing. But but that, even then, there haven't been many bad things. It's the, the people who are so dead set against this movie are not the people seeing it. And they're not I the think, people who are ever going to see it. I don't think the problem is that people are dead set against it. I think. They, it was built up to be something bigger than it is. It's yeah. and like there's all this pressure. This movie signifies the country moving in this direction. And I'm like, it's a frothy rom com that could have been done on Hulu. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't, I don't think that you're wrong, but I also don't agree a hundred percent because I do think that like. As much as like we have moved forward in this country, there's a good portion of this country that is not going to go see yeah. a movie. Is is especially not going to go spend fifty dollars mm-hmm. for an evening to go see two men and and yeah. their love story. Yeah. Like in all honesty, like they're they, that's something that they are dead set against, and they are going to tell their friends that they are dead set against, and they might even intimidate their friends coming from an area, you know, and, and this is all over the country. It's not just, you know, it's not just like red states or anything like that. This is just, I think we've, the, the you know, and yeah, we are all straight, so we're not speaking for the LGBTQIA community at all. No, it's, as a white straight male, let me speak for the LGBTQIA <laughs> community. I, as a white male, I will speak for that community. <laughs> white cis hetero male. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> I just think that like we, you know, yeah, I just think that I think in some ways I feel bad for him because we want to think that we want to feel like a lot of us who are allies and, and support you want to feel that it's moved forward more and would love to have this huge win for him, whether or not you like Billy or not, you know, but it would be, it would be, yeah, but But, it would really, it would be really nice to be able to shove that down some bigots, you know, throats, you know, to be like, yo, people do want to see this. But I also think, I also kind of look at like the success of Fire Island and how that kind of like that was also a sleeper hit. And yeah. sometimes you have to let that go. Billy's doing his job of like, yeah. promoting the crap out of it. He's doing what the studio wanted. But I think like Joel Kim Booster and everybody from Fire Island did also their thing and did that right. And that sense of like creating this word of mouth slowly and just that thing just exploded. That, yeah. That's what, I, that's, you kind of captured what I meant with that. Is that when I said that he was building it up to be more than what the the movie was yeah. and Fire Island was a hit 
did yeah. really well. And like you said, it was word of mouth and niche. This was like, America, bring your grandma, bring yeah. your... And I'm like, I keep going back to this. It's a frothy rom-com. Yeah. Stop harassing yeah. me. Like, Yeah. there, There's... And, and I... And I, I do think Billy has a lot to do because there are people that find him even even if this the character in the movie is nothing like even mm-hmm. if even if he in real life is nothing like the Billy on the street character, but like I I've been seeing it's been popping up on my feed a lot. There's another um, with Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. as a movie come a rom com coming out called uh, Spoiler Alert, mm-hmm. and it's like very similar story like boy meets boy kind of story. It's go- it is going straight to streaming. I don't believe it's going to theaters, but the trailer has kind of been making it. Jim Parsons is a lot more pull than Billy. I, that's, that's what I was going to say. I'm curious what the reception of that movie will be because they're not. I don't. They're not doing this huge wide studio release, but at the same time, he has a. I mean, he he just has a reputation for being more likable. Just in it has nothing to like again. It has nothing to do with Billy's actual personality. It's just what people know him from. But you know, Big Bang has such a huge following. I'm just curious how that movie will be received. Yeah. Um, You know, we'll see, I guess. Only time will tell, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the numbers go up for Lily. Yeah, I I want the best. It might over the next few weeks. I mean, we'll see, though. The way way that the the whole movie theater system is changed and is set up now, studios don't give it a lot of time. Yeah, the the, the word of mouth. Like, that's the big sick. Most people, I mean, unless you were... I did because I used to work with Kumail Nanjiani because he did a lot of like the, when I worked at G4, a lot of the tech nerdy stuff. That's where he got his start. Most people, and people knew him as a standup sort of, mm-hmm. but he, he didn't, um, he wasn't a household name. So that movie really built up, really snowballed from like word of mouth. And that's how it got so big. Yeah. But like that did not open big, but they don't give you the chance to do that anymore. No, because, because the studios take most of their money the first weekend or the and and then it kind of gradually goes down over the next weekend, but the most of it is the first at least two or three weekends, and then the theaters are left with barely anything left. Yeah. So unless you keep going, so it's not the same old days. I remember when I was young, going to I I think I saw Home Alone in the theaters, not joking with you, like six or seven times. Like yeah. that I that would movie. yeah Return oh. of the Jedi like I can't tell you how many times I saw that in the theaters like you know the the but that's what you did also too because it wasn't going to come out on video or DVD yeah. for another couple of years even. Well, so, that's part of the reason Titanic made as much money as it did. It was in the theater for like six months. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't happen anymore. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like one of those also. So yeah, the whole the whole model has changed. And I think that I think that in general, the rom com in the theater has died. And just, you'll, you'll, you'll get these outliers like with Fire Island, where especially when a movie's like made and starring like a very underrepresented like group, um, like the uh, the father. I don't know if you know much about the Father of the Ride, Father of the Bride reboot that they made. Um, this uh, they came out this summer. Yeah, it was streaming. It was on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember which streaming service it was. With Andy um, yeah, with Andy Garcia and Gloria Stefan. It yep. was essentially Father of the Bride, but rebooted. It was very Cuban. The entire mm-hmm. cast was Cuban. They played Cuban characters. And it's one of the, it was, it, it was great. I think, it's, I think it's Disney Plus. It's one of their be- highest streaming movies ever, but it went totally under the radar. But because it was, it was such an underrepresented 
group that like did not have a movie like that. So it did amazingly well. I don't know how it would have done in theaters. It didn't, you know, it's so hard to compare these movies, the ones that are only streaming and because you, you just can't, it's apples and oranges. You don't know what a movie would make if it were not just streaming. Exactly. Yeah. And also, and even just like in times before, sometimes a movie would not do great in the theaters, but in DVD sales, in rentals, it would go through the roof because by then word of mouth had gotten out and yeah. it had taken time or people are like, it's like you missed it. You know, I think of like movies like, you know, like Kevin Smith movies, like Clerks, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, Mall Rats, things like that. Like those are kind of like sleeper hits. I'm not saying they made like gargantuan amounts of money, but like they did a lot in DVD sales and rentals after yeah. they had been out in theaters. And these, those were indie films too. So well, that's, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, I think we move, need to move on to some other drama. Speaking of like yelling at people in the streets, <laughs> um, we, we did we find we saw the aftermath of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills of Kathy's meltdown per se, you know, from Aspen, and I feel like there's a lot of controversy. I don't even know what to think about it to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because, like, I think Corinna's being very dramatic <laughs> about stuff. There's this a lot. There's a lot going on. So much going on. I think there's, I think there's way more. And so many people are like, well, I don't know. You know, we don't know what Kathy said because of, like, you know, there, people are up in arms that there wasn't, that there weren't any cameras or audio from at the Caribou Club. It's like, it's a private club. They were not allowed to film They're there. They're super private. Yeah. I mean, they really, truly do not. The staff is under, the staff, the DJs, everyone's under NDA. This is where, like, Mariah Carey spends New Year's. Mm-hmm. It's the most... It's like it's the most elite club. They go in there to let loose, and they um, there are no cameras, and everything's NDA. So that part I believe. The way home, how they how Bravo would have a Sprinter van not rigged with cameras is weird. But then the way at the back at the house, um, cameras do turn off for the night. The crew yeah. they're not up at three a.m. unless there is something. Uh-huh. But they were big brother house. Yeah, it's not like that. Cameras aren't rolling 24 hours. Because these are private homes. Yeah. Yeah. So what what they do at the end of the night, when you see they're on like, say, a cast trip, and you'll see the women like they're having a drink after dinner and they're like, oh, I'm going to bed. What about you? That's their signal to the crew. Mm -hmm. That they're done filming for the night, but it doesn't mean they actually went to sleep. Because we've seen video of them from like trips that has been shot from their iPhones and stuff. And mm-hmm. then like that trip like years ago where they were doing like somersaults on the beds and stuff like that. And like, yeah, that you Yeah, you when they were in Ojai with mm-hmm. uh Kim and Taylor. Yep. I think Brandy was there. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. driving around in a in a Bentley themed golf cart. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I just like I, so this is my opinion, having, having watched it all. This is my opinion. Kathy did go off in the Caribou Club. She was already building up to a meltdown period over the day, two days. She was building up to it. Not that that's an excuse or anything like that. She went off at the Caribou Club because she was mad at all the other stuff that was happening. And she went off on that DJ and manager 
So for not playing Billie Jean. So I'm, she did. That's my opinion. This is, I'm just saying my opinion. She went off on that. And then she's mad because like Kyle didn't back her up because this is a family about loyalty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Kyle didn't want to leave. So Lorena took her home. And I'm sure that she said some, like was mad and said some stuff about her sister. She because admitted to that part. It, exactly. Cause she admitted to that and she apologized for that. But some of the other stuff that she said that that Rinna said that she said about um, the other women, I don't know about that. Like this, and also when she was like, she broke her glass. I was like, bitch, you broke a wine glass and tried to cut Kim's throat in Amsterdam. Like, let's not get it twisted. You got quite an, you've got quite a uh, a temper, and you have shown it over multiple seasons, and you've actually shown it multiple times this season. And yes, we know that Lois died, so we've everybody's given you a pass on that. But like, let's. Not get it twisted here. Well, my thing about her calling in the other women for it, because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of insight and conflicting info on it. But my thinking with the other women, okay, Kathy has, did admit that she said things about her sister, which is understandable. They're sisters. There's a lot of history there. I don't think that's something that needs to... That's that's not huge. It's not shocking given what we've seen go on in the family on that show. But where I think I think Rinna, when she started saying and she said something about each and every one of you, and the first person she lifted, listed off, I think was Crystal, and was it Dorit and Sutton? Mm-hmm. Those are the ones who would be Kathy's allies. And at that point, I feel like. Rinna was like, I need to make, I need allies. I need to make this bigger. So I'll turn her friends against her, Kathy's friends against her. And you saw it didn't work with, it didn't work with Crystal. They immediately went to Crystal and confessional and she said, I believe Kathy. Mm -hmm. So that's where, I don't know. It's such a, it's complicated. And they're like, you know, they say there are two, three, what is it, three stories? Three sides to every story. There are like five in this. There's the networks, there's Rinna's, there's Kathy's. There's the and truth. Then, and then there's the truth. <laughs> so. Um, there's one more episode. One more. That's going to be a diamond part. It's a, it was, I don't think Kathy will be there for it. I think Kathy pieced out after that scene we just saw. You know, those like when Denise, when she left the show, Kathy stopped filming in September 2000. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. I think that, but Kyle's going to host an, unless that already happened. No, yeah. it's an event for um, um the a Grace Kelly, a Monaco themed diamond line. That's why you see them so bedecked in like $5 million necklaces. It's, and so, yeah, that's going to be, that's the big finale, the grand finale party. You know, Beverly Hills always has like a black tie kind of event, but I don't think Kathy will show. No, definitely not. Or didn't show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting how, Brenna tried to play therapist with the two of them. She's just allegedly. Brenna is the last. This is where I think Brenna failed or where the plot failed. Because whether Kathy did it or not, 
to have Rena be the spokesperson for the side against her. her Kathy's word versus Rena's word. Mm-hmm. They picked the most problematic person on the cast with a history of takedowns, targeting Richard's sisters, um, psychotic outbreaks herself. Who are we going to believe? Whether it happened or not. No, it, things did happen. And they've... we. You get what I mean. Rena was not the person. If Sutton, if um, Sutton or Gar- Garcelle had said, guess what Kathy did? We'd all believe them. But Rena's like the worst person to be your, to be, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like the, the boy who cried wolf. Like mm-hmm. you do it too many times and like, yeah, like you, 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 t- you tried to take down, you know, LVP, Denise, Kim, who else? Other people I know I'm forgetting, but so it's like, we've, we've seen this before. Although I've also said like, there's sometimes things like when she was calling out Kim for being an alcoholic, she was really going at her. She wasn't wrong though. Cause at that time, Kim was, had relapsed and was mm-hmm. abusing. So that's also a contra- That's a tough thing there because there's sometimes we're like, Rena is right. It's just, she, she might be too old to relearn this, but like, her delivery can be too wrong or she just is playing up the delivery for the, t- for the cameras too much. Yeah. And I mean, even on the, those are apples and oranges. Kim was, she spoke out, but Kim needed some help. Yeah. And in that place, that was good. No one else on the show was acknowledging it. They were all in denial. She really did speak up maybe and help her a little. Um, But, Kathy's not in danger of anything here. She just wants to get Kathy in trouble. This is personal. This isn't trying to help Kathy. So oh, the this Yolanda, is malicious. Yolanda takedown too, kind of. Yeah, Munchausen. Yeah. yeah. And then remember when she was confronted about that? It's so memed and gift. Her her face like, oh, I don't remember saying that. But that no, but that's about Kim. That's when she was confronted yeah. about like saying that, t- telling Eden Sassoon that Kim was on death's door. Yeah. And she's so, like, Kim, I mean, sorry, Rena has a, I just wouldn't want Rena be the, to be the face of my campaign against Kathy Hilton. Because if it's her <laughs> word against theirs, if it's her word against Kathy's, a lot of the audience isn't, Rena has a history. Mm-hmm. So. And also, Brenna's not the victim here. Right? This is the weird part. If Kathy had attacked Rena, but Brenna keeps saying Kathy was nice to her and left her alone. But now she's a spokesperson. I I don't I don't know. Rena's do what do they say? Doing a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like sometimes it's it's one thing to be like a social justice warrior, but this is not social justice necessarily. This right. is this has become your own personal crusade that you have nothing to deal with. It's one thing to like go to the like go to Kyle and say, "Look, your sister said really horrible things about you. I am concerned about your guys' relationship. You guys need to talk and you guys need to get into therapy, and I'm really concerned about this." And then step away from it. But that's not what she does, nor does that really what we want to see on reality TV, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a fun fact I do have for you, that scene this from this past week where Kathy goes to Kyle's to apologize, it was going well. Kathy and Kyle were actually together for two hours before Rena showed up. 
You only see a few minutes of it. They were together like two hours. And you know, you saw them make progress. They're not ever necessarily going to fully heal, but they were getting cordial and they were sweeping things under the rug together. That's the best you could probably hope for. But they were together for like two hours alone. It wasn't until they brought in Rena that the whole energy changed. And... Man. Man, oh, man, <laughs> Crazy, well, right? Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Just can't believe it. This is like when you guys start going off about Gilmore Girls in our text chain <laughs> group chat. Mm. I just step away. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Kathy be the Emily. Nate, you've seen a little bit of. Yeah, right. The matriarch. The now, Rena, see, Rena would be the one that be. Is it Paris? Is, is Rena Paris Geller? No, yeah. Rena oh. would be. Lorelai rebelling? I don't know. I don't uh, think okay. they're a real direct. So, I'm just in, thinking. Tune in next week when we try to do a total. I know. Record. I was just thinking Kathy's like the matriarch. Yeah. That I, don't I know. See. Yeah. That I could see. Funsies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it for us this week. I think we, mm. I think we covered a lot of things. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd say. Yeah. Well, if you guys haven't subscribed to the Pretty Crap Podcast, please make sure you go ahead and hit that follow button and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a little review. And if you're not following us on Instagram and TikTok, make sure you do. It's Pretty Corrupt Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Pretty Corrupt number one. We're always posting stuff, especially some great memes. They can be controversial, but hey, they'll get your attention. <laughs> That's all that matters. Truly. We feed off energy, both negative and positive. As long as you... We're energy vampires. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Nate, why don't you send us out this week? A broha. See what I did there, bro? <laughs> 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 <laughs>